Hello, this is Ken Barron with the National Association of Black and White Men Together, asking you to subscribe to our podcast on wherever you have your platform and on Facebook and Twitter where you can comment and you can like us. So on with the show and today I'd like to talk about white splaining or white explaining and because I'm a little cautious when I'm writing on racism, I decided to talk about this topic. I'm cautious because as a white man whose formative years were molded in the UK, a notable one-time colonial power, there should be a check on my white splaining. But surely human beings are capable of empathizing with those whose ethnicity or country of origin differ from their own. Some podcasters have the ability to faithfully imagine the experiences of, quote, the other, end quote. If we always use identity when doing a project, we'd lose out on much of our history. Culture should not be a conversation, should be a conversation, not a monologue. But we need to be careful of white splaining, which can occur when some white people hear a person of color complain about racism. They may immediately explain in a condescending tone why the person is wrong and quote getting too emotional or quote seeing race in everything. Some of the biggest headlines about race recently have featured some form of white splaining. Republican lawmakers in Wisconsin, for example, engaged in legislative white explaining when they blocked their black Democratic counterparts from honoring a former NFL quarterback during Black History Month because he was, quote, too controversial. And Virginia's Democratic governor, Ralph Northam, uh, white explained when he was referring to slaves as indentured service servants from Africa, after having to apologize for a yearbook photo of a person in blackface while admitting he once wore blackface at a Michael Jackson dance contest. Of course, becoming a victim of white explaining can be infuriating. Imagine a plumber trying to tell a pilot how to land the plane. But in his book, White fragility, anti-racist educator Robert D'Angelo, quote, allows us to understand racism as a practice, not restricted, bad, restricted to bad people. He was referring to the defensive moves that white people make when challenged racially. White fragility is characterized by emotions such as anger, fear, and guilt, and by behaviors including augmentation and silence. These behaviors in turn function to reinstate white racial equilibrium and prevent any meaningful cross-racial dialogue. In this in-depth exploration, D'Angelo explains how white fragility develops, how it protects racial inequality and what we can do to engage more constructively. Back to journalism, history, writing, or directing movies or plays. The Outsiders can offer its own equally valid perspective. 
There is almost never just one side to the story. Think about the great art that would be lost if we always carried out this rigid methodology. If a man or woman can't write about a woman, then Tolstoy doesn't get to conjure Anna Karina. So you gain something through, quote, lived experience. You may lose something as well. You may find it harder to maintain a critical distance, which can be just as useful as experiential proximity. You may become blinded to ideas that contradict your own or subconsciously de-emphasize them. You may have an agenda. A person who tells the story of her own family might, for example, glorify a flawed father and neglect to mention a delinquent brother-in-law. Henry Louis Gates Jr. warned, whenever we treat an identity as something to be fenced off from those of another identity, we sell short the human imagination. The belief that, quote, lived experience trumps all other considerations will lead to a world in which we would create stories only about people like ourselves, in stories to be illustrated by people who looked like ourselves, to be reviewed and read only by people who resemble ourselves. If we all wrote only from our personal experience, our films, performances, and literature would be reduced to memoir and transcription. Above all, when I write or communicate, my white experiences shape my worldview, and they are not the most important experience in my writing and my world. Again, as a white person, I have to consistently educate other white people. I am committed to anti-racism work and is part of my everyday life. <clears throat> this is Ken Bern with the National Association of Black and White Men Together. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to our platforms, like us, and comment.